Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wal'aqibata lil-muttaqeen Wal'a'udwana illa ala al-dhalimeen Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah Wahtahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh Sallallahu alayhi Wa ala alihi wa ashabi Wa man da'a bida'watihi Wa stanna bi sunnati Ila yawmiddin Sallam tasliman kathira Amma ba'd وأوصيكم ونفسي بالتقوى الله عز وجل والسمع والطاعة يقول الحق سبحانه أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاتي ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون All praises are due to Allah, Lord of the worlds and surely the best reward ultimately is for those who have taqwa and surely there is no animosity except for the oppressor. And I bear witness that Allah is one and has no partners, and that Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, is his servant, his last messenger. May Allah always, constantly, send peace and blessings to Muhammad, to his family, to his companions, and all those who call to his way and establish his sunnah to the day of judgment. As to what follows, I begin by reminding myself and you to have taqwa, the consciousness of Allah, al-khawf wa raja, that we fear Allah and we hope in the mercy of Allah. And this would surround us with a wiqaya, a shield, a spiritual shield to protect us not only in the masjid, but outside of the masjid. And Allah has revealed in his glorious book, O you who believe, have the consciousness of Allah, fear Allah in the way he should be feared, and do not die except as Muslims. And so the bottom line for us, no matter what is happening in the world politically, economically, socially, the bottom line is for us to strive that our last words leaving this word, world would be kalima la ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this message that we are blessed with clears out the doubts, it clears out the confusions in this world. Because Allah revealed this not only for the time of the Prophet ﷺ, but revealed it for the world we are living in today. And in the fifth chapter, verse 88, Allah tells us, وَكُلُوا مِمَّا رَزَقَكُمُ اللَّهُ حَلَالًا طَيِّبًا Allah revealed, and eat of what Allah has provided for you. Eat halal things and wholesome. And keep your duty to Allah, the one to whom you believe. And so in this divine verse, Allah connects our risk. It connects eating. Eating halal and wholesome. He connects it to the risk that this is our provisions in this world. And he connects this with Iman, with our beliefs. He connects it with our very existence as Muslims. And so food and that which surround it is a great test. The risk that we have in this world those provisions that we have been given are a test. 
And Allah tells us in Surah Al-Anbiya, verse 35, And we will test you with good and with evil. And all of you will return to us. The Muslim world has these extremes. So Allah is telling us the fitna is sharr and khayr. Either way it could be. We have the extremes. We have countries in the Gulf region that has some of the highest standard of living, amount of money that people have at their hands, one of the top of the world. At the same time, we are struck with famines, drought, catastrophes, earthquakes. This is the test. The evil can hit us, and the good can hit us. And the Prophet ﷺ in speaking about this test, the test of wealth, the risk, because from amongst the risk is what will you eat during the day? The bird, when the bird gets up in the morning, it doesn't check in its bank account. It doesn't watch the television. It goes outside in the world in order to gain its livelihood, its risk, to gain its food. And all creations are similar in this test. The Muslim world, because not only are we in this climate catastrophe, but we also have the last message. And so this fitna, this trial, this test is even more severe upon our shoulders. And the Prophet Sallallahu has told us in authentic hadith, inna li kulli umma fitna, wa fitna tu ummati al-mal. Every nation has a trial and a test. And the trial and test of this nation is wealth. That again is the risk. That is the food, that is the clothing. That is those things that we have around us in our lives. And so for this Islamic History Month, we are looking at food, the blessings that are in it, and the challenges and the struggles that are in it. Because food, it is necessary for our existence in this world. And food, your, your risk, your sustenance, can be a great source of joy. And we remember that the Prophet ﷺ has told us about the Sa'im, that the Sa'im has farhatan, that there are two joys that the fasting person has. One is when he breaks his fast. So after fasting that day, when, you, when the food touches your mouth, when the liquid, it is a joy that comes to you. But on the other hand, the lack of food can be a curse. It can be a terrible pain that the person goes through. Food also is a source of power and is being used by nations politically. It's one of the most powerful weapons in the world today. But food can be a source of blessings. We can gain our blessings through the food or through the wealth that is given to us. 
And it is said that many of the great companions, Abdurrahman ibn Auf, Uthman ibn Affan, and many of the companions were wealthy person. They had wealth. But they balanced their wealth. When it was time to give, they would give. So having the wealth did not make them greedy people. But it opened up their hearts to the test that they were under. And so for the next four weekends, we want to look in depth at this challenge that we have with food, and we want to tie it in with some of the challenges faced by our brothers and sisters in the Muslim world. And we are establishing regular food uh, containers outside where you can give even during the week. And we will have special times to continue our struggle because to study food or just to study eating or to be joyous about our samosa, this is not the essence of Islam. We have to think about if we have food, what happened to our brothers and sisters who don't have it? And so when we look in the time of the Prophet we see the great challenges surrounding food and surrounding wealth and how believers used it in order to raise the banner. And it is reported in the sixth year after the Hijrah, the Prophet sent eight letters to the kings of Arabia, not just outside. He sent letters to the leaders in the Arabian Peninsula. And one of those leaders was Thumama ibn Uthal of Banu Hanifa. And this is in the Nejd. This is in the middle area of the Arabian Peninsula. And you would think that because it's in the middle of Arabia, you would think that it is sand dunes and it is hot uh, like the empty quarter, but the empty quarter is in the south east side. The middle of Arabia has rivers and water. And in the time of the Prophet it was the middle of Arabia that was supporting the rest of the cities with grain and with their food. In the same way that much of the, of the world is being supported and drained by the Ukraine and by Russia. And so it makes a great trial and test on the world when Ukraine and when Russia will not give it to the world. And so the middle region of Arabia was similar to this. And Tumama was a, was a powerful leader. And he was a strong leader, a strong-willed leader. And when he heard about the message of the Prophet he hated this. Well, And he planned to kill any Muslim that he found. And some of the Muslims going through the Benu Hanifa region, he caught some of them, they killed them. And one day he decided that he would make a journey to Mecca. Not in the way that Muslims do, but he would go to Mecca to sacrifice to the idols. And as he was moving on the road to Mecca, and he was known by the Muslims, they put out a reward on Tumama because what he had done. And so when the believers came across Tumama, 
by the will of Allah, they ran into his caravan. They defeated the caravan and they captured him. And they brought him back to Medina. And when they brought him back to the Medina, they tied him. They knew he was a powerful person. They tied him on a post inside of the Prophet's mosque. When the Prophet came and saw this man, he was surprised. This is Thumama. Let him stay on the pole. So they made him tied up on the pole to stay all day. He had to watch Salat al-Fajr, Doha, Asa, Maghrib, Isha. He had to watch, watch the feeding of the poor. He had to watch uh, Ahl-Sufa, the people who were studying and people who were remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He had to watch all of the things going on inside of this building. And after this time, the Prophet ﷺ came to him and said, I know who you are. And so Tumama, who was an arrogant man, he said to the Prophet ﷺ, if you want to free me, I will be grateful. And he said, if you want uh, compensation, I will give you anything you want. But if you want to take my life, you have a noble man. You have noble blood. So make your decision. The Prophet ﷺ smiled and left him. Second day, he stayed on the pole watching the Muslims, seeing the Ukhuwa, the brotherhood inside of the masjid. Prophet ﷺ came to him again and he said the same thing. If you, you want to kill me, I am noble. If you want to forgive me, I will be grateful for this. And if you want money, you want compensation, I'll give you anything you want. The Prophet ﷺ smiled and left him. Third day, Dumama is tied to the pole. The same scenario happened. At the end of this, the Prophet ﷺ, with his hikmah, with divine wisdom, he looked at this man who had watched the believers and he said, my decision is you are free. I let you go. Dumama was shocked. And he went outside, got on his camel and he started to ride out. And he, by the time he reached Al-Baqir, he reached by the cemetery, something came over him. And he returned to the masjid and he went to the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa annaka rasulullah. He announced his Islam. This is the divine wisdom of the Prophet ﷺ. But then Tumama said, I feel guilty because I killed people. And the Prophet ﷺ told him, Al-Islam yajubbu ma qabla. That Islam wipes away those sins that happened before. And Tumama told him, I wanted to go to Mecca, and he was advised, continue on to Mecca. But this time you don't go to the idols, you will go to the, the Kaaba for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You will make an ihram, and you will go. So, so Tumama then said, I pledge my life, my sword, and my people to you, Ya Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he went to Mecca. Now imagine this scene. He comes into Mecca by himself. He's a very well-known person. He's one of the leaders of the Arabian Peninsula. 
He comes into Mecca by himself and the Quraysh are looking and then he begins to shout at the top of his voice, La bayk Allahumma la bayk, la bayk la sharika laka la bayk, inna alhamda wa ni'mata laka wal mulk la sharika lak. The Quraysh were in shock because this is after Beda, Uhud, Khandak. They were in shock and they said, take this man, kill him. But the leaders of Quraysh, they said, you cannot touch him because this is Tumama. He controls food. Remember the food? Like a Ukrainian leader or a Russian leader. You cannot touch Tumama. And so he made his Umrah. And this is the first Muslim, the first to be making Umrah. No Fatu Mecca. This is the first to make it to Mama. Allah helped him to change from the enemy of Islam into a person who was breaking ground for the Muslims. And so Dumama left Mecca and headed to the Nejd. And he said, I still feel guilty. This is not enough. So I will announce Muqata'a, boycott. We will boycott all of the wealth and the grain going from the middle of Arabia into Mecca. And this boycott was so effective that the Quraysh, because it was a year of a drought, they were starving to death. So they sent to the Prophet and they begged him, tell him to stop this boycott. And the Prophet when he heard the possibility, innocent people, he said, he wrote to Tumama, lift the boycott. The Muslims were proud of Tumama. But, and this is a great lesson of Islam, we do not kill innocent people. We do not use weapons of mass destruction or food in order to take innocent lives. And so the boycott was lifted and Tumama had done an amazing action. And he lived to continue on, and it was in the time of Musaylama al-Kadhab, the liar prophet, who also came from the middle of Arabia. Instead of joining Musaylama, Dumama fought against him and struggled against him. And Khalid ibn al-Walid finished the job of Musaylama. But our story, our shahid here is Dumama and the use of food, the use of wealth, that that food, that power that you have from the food can be a source of blessings or it could be a source of a terrible curse on the people who are not getting the food. And so we need to understand this and we hope to be studying this with you and we, we will bring in the relief agencies to the IIT and give this community an opportunity to give in the path of Allah and to not forget our brothers and sisters who are suffering. Remember that the Prophet Sallallahu has told us in authentic hadith, inna li kulli umma fitna, or fitna to ummati al-ma'al. Every nation has a trial and test, and the trial and test of my nation is wealth. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to spend in the path of Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take bukhul, take this out of our hearts, this greed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
give blessings and protect the children of the Ummah of Muhammad May Allah protect the dignity and the honor of the Ummah of Muhammad May Allah raise up leaders in the Muslim world, balance leadership to take our people from darkness into light. And may Allah give us the ability that our last word would be kalima la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullahi wa lakum wa li sa'ili muslimin min kulli dhanbin istaghfiru innahu huwa ghafurur rahim